All righty. Well, welcome, Wahine Collective listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sophia, and today I have a very special guest. We have Tita Pia Arboleda joining us in our podcast. She's the director of the Center of the Philippine Studies and chair of the Department of Indo-Pacific Languages and Literature at UH Manoa, University of Hawaii. Thank you so much, Tita Pia, for joining us. Tell us something about um, the Filipino studies and what led you there. Uh, marami salamat, Sophia. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Um, I arrived at UH in 2008, and it's no secret. Everybody knows that they dragged me kicking and screaming, and I really didn't want to um, leave Osaka. Um, I was there for almost five years, and then they said, okay, um, now it's time to move on and be part of the Filipino program at UH. So... I, um, yeah, I wasn't really happy. It took me five years to adjust to, to Hawaii and the heat. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be so, so hot. I came from Baguio City, so it's a different, my, my um, experience and my response to climates are a bit different mm -hmm. so it was a great adjustment um, and I didn't know that my greatest problem would be sunblock yes um, <laughs> so but I'm glad that after 12 years um, that I stayed because the Filipino program um, has been such an important part of my life. And I feel like finally I found a community uh, that um, accepts me and can benefit from uh, the work that I do, the, the work that the Filipino program does. So I always tell people that the Filipino program is not a language program. If people think that all we do here is teach people how to speak, then that's the it's a wrong perspective because what we are actually doing is exploring um, our students' identity, their heritage, um, looking into their personal histories, their oral histories, um, and the language is only the vehicle to do that. So um, since I came in 2008, we have seen an increase in enrollment. Um, and and um, our work has now expanded into many other um, areas of study, not mm -hmm. just language. So I'm, I'm happy to have seen it happen. And I have a really great team uh, to back me up. So, Yes, that's awesome. I mean, one of the factors that led me to go to the UH, to UH Manoa was actually the Philipp Philippine studies. You know, um, I've, I've lived in Houston, I've lived in Brazil and in many places. But the fact that we have a Filipino study, Philippine studies here in Hawaii, speaks volume to how important it is for you know the Filipino community to find that community within itself so I think that the work that you're doing is so important Tita 
Yes. Um, <laughs> what I what I like about the the job, it's not really work for me. Mm-hmm. It is my advocacy. It is my it is my outreach and and it tests my commitment to to our students but what i've seen happen um and the greatest joy actually that i have found in the past 12 years is to see students graduate from college whether or not they major with us or or they minor with us but i've seen um i've i've um assisted students who were um, struggling to graduate and then they come and tell me I really need to graduate what could I do and then we find ways to have them graduate uh, earlier with a degree in Filipino and Filipino language and culture it means a lot uh, to me and um, our graduates also move on to do graduate school um, and whenever people come to me um, requesting for a recommendation letter because they want to go to law school or medical school I never say no I just I, I and I, I stay up um, and I make sure to give the best letter because I want the people in our community to um, progress um, in that way like move forward um, and walang maiiwan diba yes, so yes nobody gets left behind I love that yeah thank you tita that's awesome um, next question is what do you think the Filipino community needs the most right now I can't really prescribe because mm-hmm. the Filipino community knows what it needs but from my perspective I think we need unity and we need hope because what's going on in um, the Philippines is very heartbreaking and if we lose sight of what is important if we forget that we must create a society that is just, then we have to have hope and we have to believe that things change for the better. It is very hard to hang on to hope. Um, and it is also very hard to um, proceed as a community um, because we are so divided um, as a community. So I think that's what we need. But of course, um, the Filipino community everywhere know, they, we, we know, they know, we know what we need. I don't want to tell them this is what we need. And I don't want to tell them this is what we should do. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, we know, and they are, we are all um doing our share um, in making sure that, for example, in Hawaii, that we are no longer the invisible majority um, here. So I just want to be one with, with the community. That's great, especially, I think that Philippine studies has played a, a big role in the unity that we as Filipino, Filipinos have in Hawaii. I mean, I remember Tita Aquino, shared how when we they first started the philippine studies like only a handful of people were a part of it but now you see so many filipinos wanting to be a part of that community and that's i think that's where the unity starts 
through education and through the understanding that we're all in this together. So I count myself very fortunate because for the Center for Philippine Studies, um, Dr. Belinda Aquino has, because of her effort in the past 40 years, um, Center for Philippine Studies became a pillar of the Filipino community. And all I'm doing is really just to keep things afloat and respect her legacy and um, continue with the work that she has done, build on the work that she has done. And for the Filipino program, this was started by Dr. Teresita Ramos, and she had only four <laughs> students. Now we have 1,300 to 1,600 students per year taking Filipino language, Ilocano language courses, culture courses, um, and we are limited only by the um, resources. We, we usually have a wait list for the culture courses, but we can no longer offer additional classes because there are no more lecturer funds. So we could actually be bigger, um, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. So I look at it with much um, hope and um, optimism that it will grow even larger from here. I totally agree. I remember when I was in um, one of the Indo-Pacific classes for Filipino studies. Oh my gosh, we would have students, not just Filipinos, but Koreans, you know, Chinese, Japanese. I always thought coming to Hawaii that the Philippines was just like a small minority. Oh, people wouldn't want to learn our language. But when I went to those classes and I saw other cultures wanting to know more about us, it was very powerful to me to see that. I'm so glad that you've been inspired by it because this really was the vision. We have been so isolated um, and neglected for so long. And yet we know that we have so much to offer. Plus, you know, the classes are so much fun. They're fun. Yes. <laughs> They're yes. fun. And, um, and you, you, you know, you talk about your food memories. You, you do an oral history project about your grandparents. You find out how your parents met. I mean, if they aren't in our classes, they, don't, they won't even try to you know interview their family members and really dig in and look at their personal histories so i think that these are very important the stories and it's not that's why i say it's not about the language it's a really about the heart and soul and the philippine sensibility um, that is what we are about definitely well said um, you know, speaking of unity, in your, in your opinion, how do you think we, we can bridge the gap between Filipino and diaspora versus the Filipinos back at home in the Philippines? The only gap that is present is the geographical gap. Um, but I don't see a difference, really. Of course, there's a difference. Of course, the experience is different. Mm -hmm. But the gap exists only in our mind. There should be no difference between a Filipino living in America and a Filipino in the Philippines. And we should see our victory as one that 
has to happen in tandem. So whatever happens in the Philippines affects us. And whatever happens to Filipinos in the diaspora affects our homeland. That's why when I, whenever I go anywhere and I tell my students, when, wherever you are in the world, you are Filipino, you will be identified as Filipino. Act ethically and think about how you represent Filipinos, you know. Um, I'm not saying um, you should be very staid and unrelaxed, um, but just be careful. Be careful what you say, what you do, how you act, because we... How, how I will act will affect how people view Filipinos. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's important that we are mindful that this is happening. Because in other places, we have such a bad reputation as a nation. But it's not true. There are people, there are many Filipinos who are kind-hearted and compassionate. We're not, we, we are not um, hoodlums or, 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 or thieves or, you know, that's not who we are. But some, in other places, that's how we are um, regarded. Mm-hmm. And it is very... Um, disheartening but we can change the way people perceive us it begins with every single one of us if we we are not careful what we do or say we forget that it affects all of us yes tita wow very well said again and actually that was a very insightful perspective that you you shared because i always thought Wow, it's so different, you know, the Philippine how people in the Philippines think versus how the US pe- Filipinos in America think. But you're right. At the end of the day, we're all Filipinos and that difference only exists in our minds because we're all the same. Like we look the same for the most part too. Even among scholars here, people say I'm a Philippine studies scholar and I'm a Filipino American scholar. Um, I understand that there is a difference maybe in focus um, and in maybe in method or maybe in background, but there should be no distinction. Um, these are all part of the big pie. <laughs> um, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. Um, if a Filipino-American scholar makes waves, it is good for all of us. If you are a Philippine historian, it is good for all of us. And even if you're, folk, if you're in America, but you're looking at the things that are happening back home, then it doesn't make any difference as long as it promotes understanding, as long as it is critical in perspective, as long as we are not promoting outmoded um, you know, ways of thinking. We've been focusing on the difference for the longest time, like, oh, just the difference not bringing. But you're right, maybe we should focus on the unity that we have. And regardless of whether you say you're Filipino-American or just Filipino, at the end of the day, it serves a purpose for the whole Filipino community. 
Yes, and actually, the other the other um, factor that creates disunity is the idea that I am Ilongo, I am Cebuano, I'm not Filipino. <laughs> if you are outside of the United States, I think this is very tragic. We lose the opportunity to come together. So we accept, of course, our cultural diversity. I'm all about that. So if you come to our classes, as you know, Sophia, you mm-hmm. when you study um, um, Indo-Pacific courses with us, when we say Filipino food, it's Filipino food north to south. We're not talking about food in Manila or you know Tagalog region. Uh, it's the same for if you take a course on um, Philippine travelogue peoples, places, and practices. It's really about what... Um, what differences there are about um, between ethno-linguistic groups from the language to practices and beliefs. Um, but it's all part of who we are. We should embrace that diversity. It makes our culture richer. Not it doesn't, but if it causes disunity, then we are losing the opportunity to promote uh, the richness of our culture. Totally, totally agree, Tita. Thank you for sharing that. And then what would you say to the Filipinos in the diaspora that maybe have didn't grow up in the Philippines, perhaps don't know the language? What would you say to them when they, they think that they're not Filipino enough? The only thing that doesn't that will make you not Filipino enough is again your own mind. I, ha- I know people who say they are Filipino, they are, they are white, they are Japanese, but they say, I am Filipino, you know, Filipino sa puso, in my heart and mind, yes, I'm Filipino. Yes, yes. I've seen this happen. Um, and, and yet, there are Filipinos who deny that they are Filipino, which is very sad. But I go back to the idea of why we are ashamed of who we are. It's because of the pers- percept- perception of other people, the outside perception of Filipinos. But like I said, that is changing. And it's up to us to change that perspective. So there's no such thing as more or less Filipino. It is you, you make this distinction. You claim this term. It's either you want to be one or you don't. Um, and you don't have to have Filipino blood <laughs> to do that. Um, because I've seen how other people love so much to be Filipino <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> and, I totally agree. Right? So... So it's not, again, it's not about the language. Some of us speak more Filipino than others. Some of us speak Ilocano and not Tagalog. And and some of us speak Cebuano. Some of us can only speak English. It doesn't matter. You ask yourself the question, do you want to be one? And then be one. Be Filipino. Yes, Tita, drop the mic. I love what... I love everything you just said. Filipino Sapuso. I, I know so many people. In fact, one of my closest friends, you might know her, Ate Yoko. Uh-huh. She's one of my activist friends. She's not <laughs> Filipino, but to me, she's the best um, representation of what it means when, you know, a non-Filipino say, 
Filipinos sa puso, like they embrace that because they're fighting for us and advocating for the rights of the Philippines. And I, I just... I've seen it happen because when I lived in Japan, so many of my Japanese friends practice our ways. And sometimes I think they're even more Filipino in quotation marks than I am. For example, my old boss, um, his name is Mamoru Tsuda. So we call him Tsuda Sensei. In his car, he has a crucifix. Um, and he would touch the crucifix before he drives to go anywhere. Um, and I don't even do that myself, right? But he got this from the Philippines and mm-hmm. he embraces these sorts of um, practices and, and, and ideas. So I think, and he speaks, of course, he speaks Filipino so fluently and just loves the Philippines and has a large uh, library of Filipiniana books. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, are you Filipino enough? It really is about desire and about commitment. Um, sometimes you don't like what is happening in the Philippines, right? So, but as for myself, like I have, I, I didn't, like nobody, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if a lot of people know or not, but I'm still holding a Philippine passport after living here for 12 years. Because I refuse to change my, my, my passport, right? However, sometimes I feel like if I'm disappointed about what's happening in Philippine politics, I feel like I should just discard this, you know. But it's, it doesn't have any, it should not have anything to do with what is going on out there. It really is still a choice um, for all of us. I'm not saying that if you are um, in, in the United States that you should keep your, your Philippine passport. Of course, it's every person's choice. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that for myself, it was important not to be American in that sense. I want to distinguish myself as Filipino. I just live here, but I'm Filipino. I'm not American. <laughs> um, and um, and it's not for it's not for anything. There's nothing wrong with being American, except that I I want to not be confused about my identity so and and so that people are not confused about who i am either so i don't apologize for being filipino i don't apologize for my accent or my background or my sense of humor yes, <laughs> or the way i laugh yes. <laughs> i love it that's very very empowering and I, i'm I'm so thankful that you you said that because I remember when I first moved here and I, I still have my Filipino passport too. I would feel a little insecure even showing or like telling people, oh yeah, I, I, I'm still holding my Filipino passport. I mean, I feel like it's easier to have a US passport so I don't have to apply for visas all the time. Right. But I, I felt that insecurity at mm-hmm. first about, oh, I feel like my passport is less than the United right. But at, you're right. It's not like that. You know, we, we have to shift our perspective that and embrace our identity as Filipinos instead of feeling ashamed. And at the end of the day, they will judge us not for what passport we are holding, but for what we do. 
and who we are and what we achieve, how we behaved, uh, how we served our community. These are the questions we need to ask, not the do you have a green card <laughs> or what color is your passport? You know? <laughs> I, I know a lot of people um, who are very, very dedicated um, and Philippine passports. So what? <laughs> they should um, be proud. They should be proud of it because um, it got us here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, my, I have a Philippine passport, but it got me to where I am today. I didn't have to change. I worked in I worked in the U. Uh, I worked in uh, Japan. Um, I got to work here. I didn't have to to change. I didn't have to marry somebody so that I could come here and work here. Um, they saw my credentials. And that's important. Um, so it's the same for everyone. Um, just build. You build your skills, um, hone your talent, um, work hard, um, but also like um, relax, <laughs> work hard, but also have fun, you know, and yes. and relax and 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 um, you know let your hair down once in a while. Um, <laughs> but one of the things, but but our passport should be the least of our worries, the least of our worries. Yes. Um, last question. Who's your hero and what do you admire about her? I always draw from writers and poets and it's really hard to choose because I like Isabel Allende and many other um, poets. Um, but my favorite, if I were to choose... Um, would be Ursula Le Guin, who is the author of the Earthsea Trilogy. So it's about a wizard school long before Harry Potter was ever invented. Mm-hmm. And she translated the Tao Te Ching um, into English. So it's her version that I always use when I um, refer to that text she is as she is identified as a science fiction writer however her work is actually much more than that so even in the realm of literature sometimes her work is marginalized as being just science fiction um, but it really is it has had a great impact on literature in general and this is and i'll tell you why i like her so very much um, for, she was the person who inspired me not to be limited by the work that I do. And my favorite quote from her is, um, she said, uh, one person cannot do two jobs. Meaning, how does when, when she's being asked, how do you manage your time? Um, you are a writer and you are a mother. So she said, one person cannot do two jobs but three uh, but but two two persons can do three jobs which means she was able to become a writer because her husband shared in the work um, in raising their children um, in uh, taking care of their home so as women we don't have to do things like all things at once 
everything all at the same time, like carry the burden um, alone. If you have partners and the, and your partners are many people sometimes it's your husband sometimes it's your children sometimes it's your neighbor or your sisters but you build your tribe so that then you can do your your work soul work and you know work for the community sacred work uh, things that honor who we are as a people, things that honor our ancestors. So that's what she taught me. And also, if you're a science fiction writer, you don't look at the world as they are. You mm-hmm. actually invent new worlds and you can see beyond what is right in front of us. I think it's very important, um, especially if what you see is very disheartening um, if you see injustice it's hard to find a way forward but if you have faith and if your heart is filled with compassion and if you believe in another reality and you know that you can create things then you can live another day and fight another day and look at your life and say things will change things always look up for for all of us wow tita very well said and i just love that we don't as women we don't have to carry the burden of the whole household we should uh, ask for help from our community our sisters and all that area areas that there are um, there's help for that. yes I think we are so proud um, and then we we don't know how to ask for help um, there's there's asking for help and there's asking for help <laughs> um, which means I'm not talking about abusing people like every every single time you ask, you have to ask for help about this and that i'm i'm asking when i say we ask for help we have to explain what the end goal is like why am i asking for your help and what is in it for you too so when you ask people for help they have to understand that this is not just helping one person just helping me no they are helping like when i uh, when i asked for help about the recruitment for the filipino program you know i have bothered a lot of people <laughs> but i tell them it's not just for me and in fact if i could do it all by myself why why wouldn't i do it but it's it's much better we ha- we create a greater impact if we do it together and it's much more fun, you know. So and after we do the work, then we celebrate. Then we toast, you know, we drink brandy or sake and and we eat and we eat lasagna and tiramisu at my house, you know, do karaoke, you know. So so it's 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 good that way. Like uh, there's no shame in asking for help, but you have to ask the right people at the right time. Because sometimes you know our timing is so bad. You know you can't have people help you if that person is a student and you know they're in the middle of final exams. You know that's not the right time to ask for help. So so I think 
it all boils down to uh, mindfulness and building a tribe and 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 you know that you ask for help because when they need you you also provide them support and help it's not always one-sided so this is what i mean about community about get, coming together for a purpose or just for to have fun um we shouldn't live by ourselves and and i mean you could live by yourself but i mean you can't live in isolation um and there is so much more that we can achieve if we are a tribe <laughs> way better than one and i love it we are better off as a tribe helping each other and being able to ask for help is a superpower especially it is. time right <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much Tita. i enjoyed speaking with you today and i'm so proud of where the philippine studies has gone and where it's headed you know we're we're building a community for filipinos and people that are that have maybe never heard of the philippines or about the philippines and are interested in learning about that so thank you so much for thank joining. you so very much sophia yeah i'm so proud i'm so proud of you I'm I, I'm so happy to see the next generation when I see you and Chachi and you know Kuya Jason Parba who is now the um, new coordinator of the Filipino program and Precious Arau who will soon you know become Doctor Precious Arau. Yes, I, I know that the, I know that the future <laughs> is is bright and I know that one day I can retire and you know pass on the reins and not worry about about the future of the program I think right now it's unassailable they're just you know there it's just such a strong program that there's no stopping us anymore <laughs> yes uh, that's what we love to hear thank you again thank you have a have a wonderful day Thank you. Salamat. Salamat. <laughs>